Today's topic we're going to deal with is entitled The Fear of Being Born Again. The Fear of Being Born Again. I want all you to pay close attention because Negroes and Latinos fear change. Negroes and Latinos fear any kind of revolutionary thought. I'm going to say it again. Negroes and Latinos fear change. We fear any kind of revolutionary thought, anything that causes us to move and make changes in our lives, our environment, and our nation. We fear that thing because we've lived our lives with the white man providing for us, feeding us, teaching us. So we've grown comfortable in that state of mind. Baby boys, we got, we're crowded up in here. A Negro went on Facebook, and I believe he's online with us now, named I believe he's online with us right now and said we should either stay where we're at, not grow, don't get a building, or go in somebody's, uh, what did he say? Inside his house. Do you see how packed we are in here? That's the kind of thought process that hinders change. That's why we can never grow as a people. Never grow and never get anywhere. I'm going to give an example. A white man will see a river, and on the other side of the river, you'll see some land over there. He wants to get over there. Guess what the white man does? He'll build a bridge. Guess what a Negro will do? Oh, well, I guess it ain't meant to be. Let's go back to the hole. That's exactly right. Well, you got the wrong camp, brother. And if that's your name, whatever the hell your name is, I know you're online. You need to go with those camps who are about nothing, who will be out 20 years and have not, or, and who are stagnant and not going anywhere. But this camp right here, we're about moving things. We're about change. We're about progress. We're about succeeding. And that scares a black man. That scares a Latin man. So this ain't for you, brother. And all the different camps in Atlanta, Florida, Chicago, if you get a brother or a sister in there who is about nothing, let them go. Because they'll sow seeds of discord in the body and try to stagnate your growth, your progress. They're a hindrance to God's truth. They're a hindrance to Christ. This goes into what fear actually is. The Bible says normally the spirit of fear, the most High didn't give us the spirit of fear. But Solomon explains what fear actually is in detail. In one verse. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 17 and verse 12. Because the elder mentioned earlier about being comfortable. Mm -hmm. The comfort. Okay, read it, read it. For fear is nothing else but a betraying of the succors which reason offereth. Read again. For fear is nothing else but a betraying of the succors. Stop. It says fear is nothing else but a betraying. A betraying is a lying. A deceit, a deceit of comforts which reason offereth. Meaning, it's a lying comfort. You lie to yourself, well, we're okay where we're at. We don't got to go nowhere. Let's stay there. Let's go to the house. Let's get tents. No, no, a building? Nah. We're fine with you. That's a, that's a betraying comfort, which the reason your brain, the wicked mind, offers you. That's all fear. Fear is basically a lying excuse to stay where you're at, a lying comfort. That's what fear is. Okay? Yeah. Can I say something on that? Yeah, because uh, the brother mind will not witch to the wisdom of Most High God. 
Because think about it. If we all come to a basement, right? What about the kids? Start thinking like, uh, you start thinking like the way Esau has been us to be. One, one project, no playground, no nothing the kids can play with. But would you not be, would you not be seeing us growing by having our own big year, our own school going on, be able to teach our people uh, yeah, our own laws, statutes, and commitment to our own children? But if we stay in one basement, how could we be able to do that? Uh, on, on, on a carnal level also, um, back, in, back a long time ago, there was a thing called Black Wall Street, right. where, Jake, where Judah and Ephraim got together and established the city. They had schools, they had air, airline, uh, um, airline um, they had tra a train, uh, hospitals, and the white man was fearful, and he firebombed it. Because they saw progress, and we were making more money and being more established than white folks. They were losing money because of the war at the time. They were losing money, and Jake was gaining money. They said, burn the niggas down to the ground and remove the history of it ever existing. So that's what we're trying to do. It's just like, no, that's, the, that's that satellite. That's what we're all the time. It's right. satellite in the right. mind. Right. What they saw was manhood. When those brothers came together and, and set that black Wall Street up, no. they saw manhood. That's what they saw. See, that's the reason why during slavery and, and even up to now, some of you on your jobs, the white man refers to our men as boys. Because that's what fear, like the scripture that you was reading there, it's, it's talking about being afraid of manhood. That's what's wrong with us. Like the, the point that the elder made up, up, that he spoke of, talking about the water that's separating the two lands, men would sit down and think like a man to figure out how am I going to get over there. Boys say, you know what, there's, there's a lion in the street, I need to go back. That's what boys do. Exactly. Lying in the water. Right. Right. There's a lion in the water. Now, I want to go, before we get to the rest of the scriptures, let's go to Before the Mayflower by, by Lerone, Lerone Bennett, Bennett Jr. Jr. I know you're online, and I want you to hear this lesson. If you can't change, don't come back to this class no more. You could join all them other loser camps out there because that's you black men who are not about nothing because you're a bunch of losers, go somewhere. We ain't got time for your hindrance. Tell them where you're at. Right. This is the book called Before the Mayflower, A History of Black America by Lerone Bennett Jr. All right. He writes in here concerning Denmark Vesey. He says, Vesey buttressed his arguments with quotations from abolitionists to Saint Louis Overture and the Bible. He would read to the slaves from the Bible how the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt from bondage. But he warned that God helped those who helped themselves. Always, everywhere, the words of Joshua were on his lips. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. Vesey threw himself into the task, holding nothing back, when slaves bowed to whites in the streets, he would rebuke them. When the slave replied, but we are slaves, Vesey would comment with biting sarcasm, you deserve to be slaves. You see that? That was from, uh, written by, there was a part by Denmark Vesey. Right. And it said he would quote to the slaves from the writings of Joshua to encourage them. And then he would get on them about bowing to the white man and tell them they deserve to be slaves because their excuse was, but we are slaves. He said, you deserve to be slaves because they're 
their train of thought was not about progress or about change or about changing their condition at the time. John 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, the problem with blacks and Latinos, we fear that thing. We fear that thing. Being born again. Being born again means changed. We have to be changed from that low life, Negro, step and fetch it, I ain't about nothing Negro mind, to an Israelite mind, to the mind of Christ, to the mind of our forefathers, like Joshua, like Moses. You know what? Do y'all think that who rebuilt the temple? Who rebuilt the temple? Who knows? Liam, who rebuilt the temple? Who was the main character, the main brother? You had Zerubbabel. Do you think the temple could have ever been built if Zerubbabel had a, a Negro in his ear saying, no, we could all gather in my basement. We could all go to my house. We ain't got to do nothing. Do you think the temple would have ever been built? No. Who rebuilt the great wall of Israel? Who rebuilt the wall that surrounded Jerusalem? Nehemiah. Yes, Nehemiah. Do you think the wall would have ever been built if he had a Negro saying, why build the wall? Let's just not do nothing. Why we gotta be about progress and change? Negroes like that will hinder us forever. That slave mentality will hinder us forever. That's why we will stay in the ghettos. We'll have urine all on the floors. Women will continue dressing the way they dress because of fearful niggles. Afraid of what? Being born again. Being born again. And that lets me know that you really don't understand what being born again is all about. All right, uh, Isaac, back to you. John 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Being born again means be converted. That's what that means. That's what that translates to. Give me that whole lot. Give me Matthew 18 and 3 to prove that statement. Matthew 18 and 3. We're coming back here. Matthew 18, verse 3. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So except you be as little children and be converted, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. What converts us? We go over this several times. Uh, get a, uh, Gideon. The laws of God converts us. Where will we go to, to prove that? Psalm 19, verse 7. Let's go there. You read it for me, Gideon. Psalms 19 and 7. Because this is what being born again does. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. See that? Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. You see that term, that verse right there, that precept, making wise the simple? Give me another word for simple, Gideon. Dumb. Dumb. Give me another word. Stupid. Stupid. Blacks and Latinos, we're that simple. We're that stupid. We're that dumb. The Bible says the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. We're not, we're not wise until we come into this understanding when we follow how our forefathers rose up. Our forefathers and foremothers, how they got down, how they changed things in their lives. But we're scared of that. No, oh, no, no, no. Never talk about change to a black or Latino. No, the white man gives us food. He gives us food stamps. He gave me a job. Why we got to do stuff for ourselves? That's a boy mentality. You ain't ready for this. 
go back on a corner and curse people out forever and just stay there because that is not what our forefathers did. I'm going to show you that too in the Bible. Back to um, John 3. John 3 and verse 4. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Read again from verse 3. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Our minds must be converted, must change according to God's laws. Once our minds change according to God's laws, you're going to see things around you. That ain't right. You're going to notice things. Give me that one. Give me that precept in Ezekiel 9 and 4. Give me that. Ezekiel chapter 9 and verse 4. Listen good. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city. Go through the midst of the city. Through the midst of Jerusalem. And set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. In order to sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in Jerusalem, you got to know God's laws. That's that mark that's being set on you, that mark to make sure you are delivered. Why? Because you have the laws in your mind, in your heart. Read it again. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. When you learn the Most High's laws, statutes, and commandments, you start to sigh and cry when you see all the abominations that's done amongst your people. You realize what's not right with us. Go ahead. And to the others he said in mine hearing. And to the others that don't have the mark of God, that do not have the laws in their hearts and minds. Go ye after him through the city and smite. Kill. Go ahead. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. God says don't have pity on them either. That's the order he gave to the angels. Because the angels moved and used the Babylonians to come through and smite Israel. Go ahead. Slay utterly old and young. He said kill utterly, totally old people and young people. Go ahead. Both maids and little children. Young girls and little kids too. Go ahead. And women. And women. He said, don't leave them out. Was that it? No, sir. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. But any Israelite that has the mark in their foreheads, which is God's laws, don't come near them. Don't smite them. That's why Daniel was spared. Okay, in Babylon. You had the three brothers with him. You had Ezekiel was spared. Those men had the mark in their, in their minds. They knew God's laws. They were spared from death. Okay. So now back up to verse 4. Read it again. Verse 4. Verse 4. One more again. Ezekiel 9 and verse 4. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Now here we are. We know we Israel. Some of you brothers, you're on the streets teaching. You see all the problems with our people. You sign and you cry for all the abomination. So now the people come to you and say, okay, I realize I got to get myself right with what God says. Okay? Now your job is to do what with them? What's your job now? When we sign and cry after that, now we got to build the people up. Now we got to teach them the laws and commandments and what okay. to do. You said build, keep standing. You said build the people up. Yes, teaching them the laws and commandments. I like that. Build the people up. What I want you to see, what I want all y'all to see, is that in this truth about being born again, there's levels of change.
Right now, how many people you guess we got up in here? Maybe a hundred. A little more, a little less, whatever. But after what? This is about a nation, one third of a nation of people. There's going to be change. There's going to be developments that have to be implemented. That's what I need all of y'all to come out of that church, Christian church state of mind, like some Negroes think we're in. We're not, believe me, brother. Believe me. We understand that this is about one third of the nation of Israel. We understand what requirements is needed before the destruction comes. And I need all you brothers to be on the same page in terms of growth, in terms of aspiration, inspiration, change. Okay, back to John 3. Because like we're doing in here, after a while, guess what? People coming in, we get tired of, we go out, we go to have Passover, right? We, when we go to pa have Passover, we gotta rent from the white man, right? We go rent from him. We want food, we gotta go to white man's stores a lot of times to get things. When does it come time for Israel to do for themselves? That's the fear and the level that blacks and Latinos are afraid to come to, that, that realization. Just depend on the white man, my brother. And it's all good. Why we gotta keep renting out places to have a conference, to have a high holy day? We gotta, then the white man says, listen, you gotta be, have it over at uh, 11.30, be out of here. So, okay, when we, who's just, you was just talking about Black Wall Street. Our four parents, during, what year was that, 1940, somewhere around that, 30s? 1911, 1912. They were saying, listen, we can have our own hospital. We can have our own movie theater. We can have our own this and that. And they did it. They did it. But not the Negro, the destroyed Negro today. He'll go on Facebook and put out there in front of everybody, don't do nothing. Just let the white man, just depend on him. Just think about this here. You also had what was what's known as black inventors. Imagine if, if these brothers got hold to a Negro with this kind of mentality. All of the greatness that a lot of our people put out there, you got a lot of inventions that black, that so-called black people did. And if a, if, a, if a negative Negro got next to him, we wouldn't have these things. Exactly. And think about this. This was done in the face of, of, of tyranny. Uh, the, the, this country was at its peak in racism, Jim Crow. All of those things, and these brothers came out with a lot of different inventions. A lot of them y'all don't even know about. Y'all heard of things like the traffic light and those kinds of things. Black people invented that. That traffic light that's hanging in the middle, huh? Right. Okay. There's another brother named Granville T. Woods. That's the one I think about often. Granville T. Woods was the one that dealt, dealt with electrical apparatus and, and those kinds of things, and on the rail, rail yards and all of that. And he was doing this in the face of, uh, of all kinds of racism and stuff. Go ahead. I went to scripture in Psalms 119 about my companions. You got it? Where is it at? Psalms 119 and verse 63. I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. These are the only kind of brothers and sisters we want up in here. These are the only kind of brothers and sisters we want online, listening and learning from us. Read it again, Isaac. I am a companion of all them that fear thee. Any brother who says don't change your life, don't make a move to do anything, he's not our companion. That's a Negro. And that Negro got to go. Go ahead. And of them that keep 
thy precepts. That's what we want. Men and women that keep God's precepts. Like Zerubbabel. You can't mention the name Zerubbabel or Nehemiah or David without saying progress, without saying change. You ain't following their examples. That's why I told you it's more than just this basement. This truth is greater than that. Because if the, let's say the destruction don't come until, let's say, 15 years from now. What are we going to do now, from now until 15 years from now? What are we supposed to do as we grow and grow? Get tighter and tighter. Here, Negro, let's go into my basement. You simple as hell. We could barely fit up in here. Y'all know you can't fit in my house. Y'all can't fit in your house. Ain't no only people can't fit up in somebody's house. That's a low life Negro right there who is not born again. It just, it just troubles my soul when I hear brothers and sisters that speak like that. Okay, back to John 3. We're going to get through this. John 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Y'all see that? Y'all, so check his mic. It's popping in and out. So except a man be born again, meaning your mind got to be changed. Your mind got to be converted. Okay, you cannot enter the kingdom. Come on. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? He got simple. Nicodemus got simple. Come on. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? He asked a silly, silly question. Can he enter again a second time into his mother's womb? But the principle is right, but you can't do that literally. But the spiritual understanding is correct. In being born again, you got to start all over like a baby. Nursing from his mother's breast, being literally born again, weaning from your mother. Our mother in this context is the word of God. We got to nurse on the laws and precepts of this Bible. The same way a baby nurses on his mother's breast. That's what Isaiah 28 teaches us. Give me that real quick in case anybody don't understand that. Isaiah 28, was it uh, 10, 9 and 10? Isaiah 28 and verse 9. Okay. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall God teach his knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? And whom shall God make to understand his doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk. You see that? That's what being born again is about. Them that are weaned from the milk. Like a baby. Nursing and sucking on his mother's breast. God says you got to be like that. You got to be in this Bible sucking the information out of this book. Like a baby sucks the nourishment from his mother's breast. Read again. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Y'all see that? Everybody understand that? That's how we got to be with this Bible. We got to study it daily. It's the same way a baby nurses from his mother's breast daily. Let's go back to John 3. So Nicodemus had the right idea spiritually, but he was thinking Christ meant physically. And Christ had to correct him. I'm not it's not physically spiritually born again mentally born again read again Isaac John 3 verse 3 Jesus answered and said unto him verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God come on Nicodemus saith unto him how can a man be born when he is old C can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born come on Jesus answered verily verily I say unto thee Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So now some of y'all think you got you to gotta jump headlong into a, a pool of water. That ain't what it's talking about. I know some of you retro 
active Christians up in here. Give me the scripture on water in Ephesians 5, 26. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So that's what you got to get your mind cleansed with, the word. The water represents the word of God. That's what Christians don't understand. They so busy fought, jumping headlong into a pool of water, coming up wet homosexuals, wet adulterers, wet idolaters, wet child molesters, and there's no change. There's no mental or spiritual change in their mind, in their heart, in their soul. So the word of God is what changes us. This is what makes a boy into a man, a girl into a woman, a Negro Latino into an Israelite. Go back to John 3. John 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now you want to know what the Spirit is. Give me that in John 6, 63, about the Spirit. John 6, verse 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. That word quickeneth, write this down means changes or converts let's find out what changes us what converts us come on the flesh profiteth nothing the flesh man profits nothing come on the words that i speak unto you this is the part the words that i speak unto you come on they are spirit they are spirit and they are life they are life so that's the same precept that we read in um psalms 19 and 7 right aquila that's the same precept where it says the law of the Lord is perfect. What does it say? Come on. Converting the soul. Christ said my words, they are spirit and they are life. It's the same thing using different words. Same thing. So, what? Oh, you got it? This is Black Wall Street. It says, uh, since African Americans could neither live among whites as equals, nor patronize white businesses in Tulsa, African Americans had to develop a completely separate business district and community, which soon became prosperous and legendary African American dollars invested in their own communities also produced self-pride, self-sufficiency, and self-determination. The business district, beginning at the intersection of Greenwood Avenue and Archer Street, became so successful and vibrant that Booker T. Washington, during his visit, bestowed the moniker Negro Wall Street. Let me jump down. It says, uh, by 1921, Tulsa's African-American population of 10,000 had its own bus line, two high schools, one hospital, two newspapers, two theaters, three drugstores, four hotels, a public library, and 13 churches, unfortunately. In addition, there were 152 and three-story brick commercial buildings that housed clothing, grocery stores, cafes, Rooming houses, nightclubs, large number of professional offices, including doctors, lawyers, and dentists. Uh, African-American community boasted some of the city's most elegant brick homes, well-furnished with china, fine linens, beautiful furniture, and grand pianos. Can I say something? Our people are so dead today, they're here this and think we're reading about a, a fairy tale. Yes, that's, that's how far, that's, that's how, this right here doesn't even seem real to the Negro. He'd be on Facebook writing stupid comments. He's probably saying, no, that, that can't be true. That can't be true. There ain't no way we could do that. It was home to the African-American commercial district with many red brick buildings. These buildings belonged to African-Americans representing successful businesses. 
grocery stores, clothing stores, barber shops, and much more. That's it. So when y'all get a chance, they got the whole series on Black Wall Street on YouTube. Y'all could just yeah. watch it. It's about a 15-part series, okay? Watch it. See what our ancestors did, some of our ancestors did. And when y'all see that, that hopefully that will uplift you to let you know that you can do great things and not be in somebody's basement the rest of your life. Yo, you ready, y'all? What's up? like some old dumb animal that don't count no how. Y'all hear me? In Africa, my people born free. That's right. Free men, not slaves. Masters of our own selves and of the forest and the rivers and the mountains. Y'all think that deep down that peck of wood don't know we's as human as he is? What fur you reckon he keep us from learning, and religion, and reading, cause they know, they's a fear that deep down we is human. Bim, you bring that copy out, Pete? Yeah, I got it. Show these brethren how to read. Thee have had dominion. Dominion. Dominion over us. But by thee only will we make much mention. 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 Be meaning to speak of. Mention of thy name. What are you doing here, ma'am? Let me see what you got there. Give it to me, ma'am. Give it to me! Damn. You can read, can't you? And write. Who learned you, ma'am? It was you, huh, Cicero? Damn, get out of here! My papa done well to sell you. Reading hell, you know what you can get for reading? Go on! So, y'all see that? Now, they were, he was reading, give me that, Isaiah 26, 13. This is the scripture. This is from the movie Mandingo. These were some slaves that were trying to make change in their life. Some of you brothers can barely read today, but we're here to help you. We ain't here to mock you. But don't go on Facebook and say stupid things trying to keep us back in a dungeon, back in a stone age. Isaiah 26 and verse 13. O Lord, our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us. Do, dominion. Go ahead. 
but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. So the slaves would take and go and read excerpts from the Bible. That's what Yalasub read today out of uh, Lerone Bennett before the Mayflower. Denmark Vest would read to the slaves about Joshua. A lot of y'all don't know about this history. And then you get a nigger who'll say, don't read, don't know, stop. You always get that amongst us. Now, you know what's amazing? We read about, I mean, we just saw what happened in slavery. We just read about, we just read something about Wall Street. We talked about black inventors. Now this was many years ago. It seemed as if we had better sense then than we do now. Now we have become baby boys, buffoons, coonery. Coons with fringes. <laughs> this is madness. And I guarantee you, half the people you see on Facebook running their mouths, ask them what they're doing for this truth to get this truth out, nothing. If you, I've met a lot of people on Facebook, and when I see, I'll see them. The aider will not have on fringes. Their wife is way out of order, but they give a good speech on Facebook. Always running out. Ugh. Crabs in the barrel. Crabs in the barrel, yeah. Can I pull the scripture to back what Yahweh just said? Come on. In the Apocrypha, 2nd Ezra, chapter 5. We were talking about this last week. Because Yahweh just said that the men of the past had more sense than Negroes now. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of times we just reach the point where we don't want to hear what y'all think or what y'all say or what y'all feel. There's only a few men who when they speak, I listen to them. Okay? So the Bible documents this. Second Ezra chapter 5 verse 54, Isaac. Second Ezra. When the angel was going back and forth with Ezra. He was explaining to him about things happening at an appointed time. Because Ezra was in a spirit of haste to make things happen. So he made this statement here. Pay attention. Second Ezra chapter 5 and verse 54. Consider thou therefore he also. He wants you to stop and think. Consider thou therefore also. Read on. How that ye are less of stature than those that were before you. That's disrespect to some of y'all right now. Okay, because like what the elders bringing up, we bringing up men who were legends in the past. We don't have no legends now. Y'all look up to ball players, drug dealers, thugs, pimps, niggas who's destroying the community with mouth and ain't about nothing, nothing to rebuild. Read it again. Consider thou therefore also how that ye are less of stature than those that were before you. Because you ain't got no damn sense. You don't know where you came from and you don't know where you going. Read on. And so are they that come after you less than ye. And so are the people that come after us less than us. That's why the elders always say, we're afraid to get old. Because we don't know what type of Negro is going to come up behind us. Mm -hmm. The real deal, brothers, is right now, as far as what I see. A lot of y'all, I'm not relying on y'all. Okay, so we're afraid to get old. Because we don't know what type of generation is going to come next. Because all we got is niggas with tight pants. Colorful sneakers, their butt crack showing. You can't tell whether they're a man or they're a woman. Smoking weed, talking about basketball, playing video games. Y'all niggas make me sick. If the world is left up to you, we finish. Exactly. Now that he said that, now let's get to actual thing that the Negro wrote. So that nobody says, oh, you, you made it up. He's bearing false witness on me. 
This is what was uh, y'all sent me. Now I don't be on Facebook that long, that much. Now, can somebody read this for us? Because I'm gonna get mad reading it. Abio, you, you you read what the Negro put on Facebook about progress. It's crazy. Y'all feeling real discouraged. I left the church because they were twisting scriptures and preaching financial blessings. And when I get in this truth about us and the Bible prophecy, the people teaching it want to charge for classes and teach giving money is going to take my sins away and pay off my debt. See, now I'm hot. Nigga, I'm 38. You had me at the white man is the devil. I'm like, amen, preach. Sunday is sun worship. Amen, preach. Holidays are pagan. Amen, preach. The preacher want your money. Amen, preach. Now give it to because I'm telling some truth. Hold up, elder, reverend, brother, op, whatever you want to call it. Money? Lost me right there. Teaching the word never been about getting money. Point blank, period. Don't care if this give you lemon face. So in my Lavelle Crawford voice. Because what I give can't buy you nothing. And that's because it's two squats. One Hebrew camp or church, it costs $10,000 plus. I knew when they said money that them bastards was hustling and the other got a building fund. I'm like, y'all better pitch some tents shaking my head or come to my house. It's big enough to fit all us in. Uh, I can't see that. Okay. I know far too well about building funds shaking my head. Come on, Israel. You ain't going to like me after this. But it is. We don't like you. <laughs> Go ahead. But God don't like you. Go ahead. But it is obvious that you don't love me if you're going to twist scriptures. Just teach the laws and ain't no law about breaking out my wallet. I would say carry on, but this got to stop. Niggas be pimping and some tripping, but my shoes are tied up. Nigga Israel. Now, let's go back. We're going to disprove all of the lies of the Negro mind. Because what y'all read right there is about uh, fear. Fear about change. Now, of course, we all came from the Christian church. We all know about building funds. But guess what? When we say, how many things we say we're going to do and we have not done? We've made so much progress, it will, amaze, it will make a Negro's head spin. So that's why I'm like, well, you ain't talking about this camp over here. You ain't talking about us. How do you think our forefathers rebuilt the temple? How do you think our forefathers rebuilt the wall? <laughs> Are there good looks? Was that it? You see how Negroes are dumb. Just dumb. Now we understand there's a lot of scams out there. But guess what? In coming in here, I have not found one scam. Not near one. What we said we're going to do, we're going to do. We was at that little hole. Where was we first? In my apartment. In that, no, we was in, in oh, yeah, his apartment. In my apartment first. I said, it's too much for y'all. Too much, too much of y'all up in here. Yeah. We got to move. Then where we go? Uh, Ezra's house. Ezra's house. Ezra in Queens. Ezra, we, we started in your dining room. Then we went into Ezra's dining room. Then after where we go, we went to 1088. And, 1088 and, and that was half the size of this. Mm -hmm. Then we outgrew that. And now we here. And this place, remember what this place looked like. So don't tell me we scamming people with money. Don't even, that just burns my spirit when I hear Negroes say that. And you don't know us. And don't go on Facebook like you do know us, cause you don't. A Negro just ugh, ain't about nothing. That, that thing was put out there, cause I asked, I just asked uh, Asaf where was that posted? And he said it was posted on Facebook. So the point was for that to be seen by everybody. Mm-hmm. Those were his intentions. Huh? Exactly. For, for what purpose? To get with, with like-minded, fearful Negroes. No, no, no. That's what that was about. Because somebody that's about business is going to see that 
for just what it is, BS and garbage. Exactly. And, and being a Negro, that's what they're gonna see. Exactly. But he is looking for fearful-minded baby boys like himself. And that shows you he don't know the scriptures. There's many places in the New Testament where Paul said, bring the bounty of money to me. You don't know scriptures like that. You just sit at home and read and in, your, in your fearful little room because you're a fearful little black man and you ain't about nothing. And all you other brothers that's just like him. Yeah. If you notice, he made a point to say, come to my house. He know damn well, unless he live in a mansion, unless the brother live in a mansion, we ain't all going to fit. Exactly. So who's he trying to get to his house? Mm -hmm. Other fearful brothers, other cheat brothers, and he want to rule somebody. That was his whole point of that. Exactly. If y'all don't like what Israel is doing, come to my basement. Exactly. And guess what? Five months down the line, start paying me. <laughs> Simple as hell. Isaac, we were in John 3. Let's get back there. Let me calm down. I, it, it, it just, but you know what? You brothers like that, you're not going to hinder this truth. You're not going to stop this truth. Just be aware of that. John 3, and you at verse 7. John 3 and verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Don't be shocked. To marvel means to be shocked. Don't be shocked that you must be born again. You know what? Negroes are shocked over that thing. I got to change. I gotta rethink the way I'm thinking. I gotta change the way I dress. I gotta change my eating habits. Yes, you gotta do all that. And then some. Because a part of building people up, guess what? Here comes winter time. We are all outside. Now people say, listen, it's cold out here. We gotta go someplace to learn. You got no matter what state you're in, you, you got to have a place for the people to gather. During a time when you read in Acts, they got together at people's houses until it got that big. And guess what? They still had a community together. That's what you read about in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. Okay, but Negroes are scared of that. From there, 2nd Ezra 14, 34. I can't have scaredy cat brothers around me. But when you when you knew this too fine, you can be scared. When I came in, we were scared. We didn't know what's going on here. The elders taught us, they groomed us, and all that. And, and, and I'm grateful for that. Now the same with you brothers. We're going to teach you, we're going to groom you and teach you these laws so that way when the next realm of brothers come in, you, that tier, you're going to be able to teach them and prepare them for what's to come. Elder, okay. the difference between us and the fearful Negroes now is we knew to shut our mouths. We wasn't running our damn mouth. The problem with Negroes coming up now is y'all ain't got no respect for nobody. So that's why you run in your mouth. That's why you posting things on, on Facebook. Without Facebook, you wouldn't be a voice. But exactly. it's real. You got internet muscles. Okay, so you, you there. Now you're tough. You're bad. Okay, that talk y'all talking now, y'all can talk that back in the streets when there was no Facebook. You could have come out on the street and be bold the way the scriptures is coming up. So that's what you see there with him. Right. Brothers like that, they will, they will, a lot of them are fearful to even hit the streets. Like you said, it's all about Facebook. Use the white man's meter. Why can't we make our own Facebook? See, that's something that our people get. What? What? Your own? Here you go thinking like that again. Yeah, I'm going to think like that. Because that's how my forefathers thought. And that's how all y'all must get your minds to think. Okay? Shalom, Israel. This is Bishop Nathaniel. I want you to know that you can view all our Sabbath classes live on IUIC TV. That's right, I said on IUIC TV. Download the app today. Shalom.
From there, 2 Ezra 14, 34. 2 Ezra chapter 14, verse 34. Therefore, if so be that you will subdue your own understanding. You see that? That's what a Negro must do. Subdue his own understanding. Why? Because his own understanding is television. Television has taught you to be fearful. Television has taught you to be uh, dependent upon a system that hates and despises you. Read it again. Therefore, if so be that you will subdue your own understanding and reform your heart. You see that word reform? Who can help me with that word reform? What does it mean? Change. Convert. Here's a good, here's a born again. That's what reform all breaks down to. But oh, I'm scared, brother. I'm scared. Come on. You shall be kept alive. You shall be, meaning eternal life. The kingdom. That's what that part means. Go ahead. And after death, meaning the destruction on this side of the world, you shall obtain mercy. You shall obtain mercy. That's why Paul said the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay. Now, from there, let's go to Matthew 5 and 11. I'm going to show you something else. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you common scriptures and I'm going to show you the various levels in them. Or oh, you scared, brothers. You just stand back. Listen and learn. Or you can do like you're used to, used to doing, hate and despise and go nowhere. The book of Matthew, chapter 5. And you can hate me. You ain't going to be the first brother to hate me. How? You could go on YouTube. Everybody hate me. Take a number. Shoot, I'm walking after Christ. I'm walking after Zerubbabel and Joshua. Nehemiah, I'm walking like that. So you're going to hate the progress I'm trying to push us towards. Come on. Matthew 5 and verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So anybody talking about we trying to pimp people, we trying to pull scams on them, we thank you for the blessing, brother. Thank you. Come on. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You always had those scared Negroes that come against the prophets. Oh, you ain't about to hear this and you're that. So likewise today. You see it on Facebook. You see it on YouTube. You see it on Daily Motion. Where's some other stupid networks they got out there? Come on. Ye are the salt of the earth. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth. We give the world flavor with the word of God. That's what the Bible prophesies about us. Come on. But if the salt have lost his savor. If you've lost your savor, your taste, which is God's laws. Wherewith shall it be salted? Wherewith shall this earth be salted? Because everybody want to talk about peace. There ain't going to be no peace until the 12 tribes of Israel rule. There ain't going to be no peace on this earth until Israel conquers and rules the nations and teaches them God's laws. Read that again. Ye are the salt of the earth. So we are the salt of the earth. Go ahead. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Wherewith shall this earth be salted? Go ahead. It is thenceforth good for nothing. You Negroes who have lost the word of God, who refuse to apply, you're good for nothing. That's what Jesus Christ said. Or maybe it's this one. That's what Yahweh Shai said. How you like that? Come on. But to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Christ said you ain't good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. So every Israelite who has disregarded God's laws, the progress in these laws, the increase, the building up of a nation, 
the Bible says you're good for nothing. And that's what happened to our people as a whole. We all lost that spirit and we were cast out and went into slavery. But now we're trying to get the savor back. We're getting the flavor back. And here comes a Negro. Oh no, my brother. Don't be progressive in this truth. Just read the scriptures. The scriptures. Read the scriptures. <laughs> Elder, can I ask him a question? <laughs> can you read that precept again? Yes, sir. Matthew 5, verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. The salt becomes good for nothing. Read on. But to be cast out. To be thrown out. Read on. And to be trodden under foot of men. What does it mean to be trodden under foot of men? That old men will step all over you. And that's what's being done to us now. And some of y'all like it. Correct. Some of y'all like the white man walking all over you. The Chinese walking all over you. All the other nations walking all over you. Okay. And that's, that's captivity there. To be trodden on the foot of men. To walk into their stores and follow their rules. To go to their jobs and follow their rules. Okay? To follow their laws. To buy your air, buy your water. That's what it means to be trodden on the foot of men. You're good for nothing. So the Most High said, let the nations walk all over them. They're worthless and they're nothing. They don't even realize they're being trodden over foot of men. And I saw some of y'all, y'all like that position that you're in. Real men stand up and say, I want to implement change. Exactly. Here's a precept for that. Go to Isaiah 51, 23. Good for nothing black men. Oh, God. Good for nothing. Run in your mouth like women on Facebook. What the hell is this? Isaiah 51 and verse 23. But I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee. But I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee. Who has afflicted us? All nations have afflicted us. Come on. Which have said to thy soul. The nations have said to our soul, black man, Latino man. Bow down. They've taught us to bow down before them. Bow. Didn't we just read that in Lerone Bennett before the Mayflower? Absolutely. The slaves bowed down. Denmark Vesey says, stand up. He said, they said, but we slaves. He said, you deserve to be slaves. Read it again. But I will put into the hand of them that afflict thee, which have said to thy soul, bow down that we may go over. He said, bow down that we can go over me to walk over you. Go ahead. And thou hast laid thy body as the ground. The black man, the lad man has laid his body as the ground. Go ahead. And as the street to them that went over. You have no dignity no self-respect now we're trying to stand up and do something and we got to fight our own people are you kidding me oh my stomach let's go right you said we have to stand up and fight our own people our own people is really the nations in their mind right that's what it really because they have no brain of their own at all they are in perfect compliance with slavery because that's what they've been made into. So anything that agitates that spirit, they come out with all this foolishness. Any type of progress, because why is it that men of progress are hated? Because the progress that the brothers are making is agitating the Negro and his comfortable, and his comfortable numbness. He's comfortably numb. He's comfortable being numb and doing nothing. So anytime brothers on the move trying to make things happen, 
It shakes your comfort zone. That's what it really is. That's a Negro. A boy mentality. Wants to remain a boy. Then here comes some manhood coming from him, and that shocks him. He doesn't know how to act. He doesn't know how to fulfill the shoes of a manhood. So what does he do? He criticized the manhood. Mm-hmm. It's just like that uh, Aesop's, that, uh, Aesop's fable, the fox and the grapes. He couldn't reach the grapes, so he just said, hell, I didn't want him anyway. <laughs> That's a Negro. He, can't, he cannot attain manhood, so he would disrespect manhood. Anything that represents manhood, he would disrespect that. I know the Negro. I deal with him every day. So don't let me get started on it. Let me show y'all something. I I said at the beginning of the class that we've grown comfortable because the white man has provided everything for us. Give me that in Deuteronomy 2848. I'm going to show you that that, that prophecy right there. I'm going to show it to you. Y'all can get mad. It's all right. Get mad tonight. Wake up in the morning with a new attitude. That's all. That's all I ask. You can hate me. But in the morning, get over it and say, you know what? The spirit was working through the brother. He's right. Scriptures even pulled out was correct, and I'm wrong. That's fine. You got it, Isaac? Yes, sir. Come on. Deuteronomy 28, verse 48. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies. Which the Lord shall send against thee. The Lord sent the French against us, the Spanish against us, the English against us, the British against us, Portuguese against us. Come on. In hunger. In hunger, we got to serve our enemies. Go ahead. And in thirst. And in thirst, we got to serve our enemies. And in nakedness. In nakedness, meaning clothing. We got to go to our enemies for clothing, too. Go ahead. And in want of all things. If you want anything, you want to learn how to read, you got to go to your enemies. You want any kind of education, you got to go to your enemies. You need toilet paper, go to your enemies. Every, anything you want, you must go to your enemies. Come on. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. Now that yoke of iron symbolizes exactly who God's talking about. He's talking about the white man because the white man is the one that put the yokes of iron on our neck. He said the yoke of iron would be on our neck until when? Until he have destroyed thee. Meaning destroyed us mentally and spiritually. There's no yokes of iron on our people's necks no more. You know why? Because you've been mentally and spiritually destroyed as a race. You're comfortable now. Oh, the white man has not, he's taking care of us. Now, I'm going to give you a parable precept that goes with Deuteronomy 28:40. Go to Revelation 12. I'm going to show you what God, the, the, the parable name, the metaphor God gives the white man here. Revelation 12 and 14. I'm going I'm to I'm explain it to you because it's written in hip talk, written in parable. Revelation 12 and verse 14. Read it slow for me. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. The woman that's being mentioned here is the 12 tribes of Israel. When you read verse 1 and verse 2, it talks about a woman being clothed with the sun and the moon and having 12 stars upon her head. Y'all familiar with it? Yes, sir. I know the new brothers are not, but read verse 2 for the brothers and new brothers just in case. Revelation 12 and verse and verse two. two. Is it two? All right, well, verse one. Okay. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. The sun and the moon represents light. I'm going to say it again. The sun and the moon represents light. Give me, Isaac, real quick. I need you to flow with me. 
Give me Proverbs 6.23 to explain the sun and the moon. It explains the light. Proverbs 6, verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. Y'all see that? The law is light. The law is light. The law is light. Come on. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Back to Revelation 12. Revelation 12 and verse 1. Come on. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon. The sun and the moon represents light. This light represents God's laws. Because this, the laws of God is what was given to us as a nation. Go ahead. Under her feet. Come on. And upon her head a crown of 12 stars. So those crown of 12 stars represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, let's get back to where we were in the beginning. Jump over to verse 14. Revelation 12, 14. And to the woman, this woman represents the 12 tribes of Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle for a great escape. Go ahead. That she might fly into the wilderness. The wilderness represents Africa. When Rome destroyed us in 70 AD, we fled into Africa. When you read Luke 21, give me that scripture real quick. Give me that, give me that, give me that. Luke 21, 24, I think it is. 21? Luke 21 and 21 and verse 21. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. The mountains were the mountains of Africa. Why? How do we know that? Because that's where God told Joseph and Mary to take the baby Christ. Flee into Egypt, which is in Africa. Go ahead. And let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. Let's go back to Revelation 12, 14 now. I'm going to get through this verse, but I want you to see. It's the bottom part that I want you to see, but I'm going to go through this verse. Come on. Revelation 12, 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. The woman represents the 12 tribes of Israel. She was given two great wings for a great escape. Go ahead. That she might fly into the wilderness. The wilderness there represents Africa, like we read in Luke 21. 21. Come on. Into her place. Her place represents America. Her place there represents America. Because when you read Hosea, give me that now. Hosea 1 and 10. Come on. I'm just showing y'all quick, quick precepts. That's why I tell you, the book of Revelation is written as a dark parable. If you have not studied the Old Testament along with the New, by the time you get to this book, you're going to be confused. Come on. Hosea 1 and verse 10. This is the proof that the place is America. Come on. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place, 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 come on, where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people. That said right here primarily, right here in America. How? Because they don't call us Judah. They say African American. They don't call us uh, Benjamin. They say West Indians, Jamaicans. They don't call us uh, Levi. They say Haitians. They don't call us uh, Ephraim. They say Puerto Rican. They don't call us Simeon. They say Dominicans. Read it again. That in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people. There it shall be said unto them. See that? There it shall be said unto them. Come on. Ye are the sons of the living God. So that place, that which is being taught that you're the sons of the living God is here in America. This is not so much being taught in Haiti or Jamaica, 
Puerto Rico or Santo Domingo, the truth that you're the sons of the living God is being taught first and foremost here in America. So that's how we know the place is America. Go back to Revelation 12, 14, please. Revelation 12 and 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness. The wilderness was Africa. Go ahead. Into her place. The place, as we just proved, is America. Where she is nourished for a time, and times, and half a time. Where she is nourished for a time, and times, and half a time, 350 years. From the face of the serpent. What is God calling a white man? From the face of the serpent. The serpent. The serpent. That precept there, where it says that we're nourished from the face of the serpent, where did we just read that earlier? Not you, not you, not you. Jaleel. Deuteronomy 2848. Exactly. Deuteronomy 2848 didn't use the word serpent, but John is using the word serpent or dragon. That's what he's calling them. See where it says that we're nourished? They nourish us with education. They nourish us with religion. They nourish us with, with food. They nourish us with everything. Now as we're standing up and we're looking into the word of God, we're saying, you know what? We need to start taking care of ourselves. Now the Negro that's been comfortable because he's been nourished, he's nervous and scared now. What? The serpent has nourished us. That's the problem. The serpent has nourished us. The serpent has nourished us. All that you know in your mind you got from, give me another name for, for the serpent. Give me another name. Give me another name. America. What? America. The devil. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe I'm just too mean. Give me verse 9, 12 and 9. Same chapter. I'm going to show you the different words God calls them. Because you might go, you're just mean, brother. You're mean. I don't know if I can deal with you Israelites. Revelation 12 and 9. Revelation 12 and verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent. That old serpent. Called the devil. Called what? The devil. Called what? The devil. So y'all thought it was a personal campaign, right? You thought it was some racist innuendos. This is what the Bible says. We're going to tell you what God says. You don't like what God says? Look, the Christian church is going to teach you some lies across the street. Their doors is open. Come to Sunday school in the morning. Simple as hell. Yeah, so y'all get mad if you want. Now, let's go right on back to Matthew 5. That's where we was at. Read 14. Watch this. Matthew 5 and verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on, on an hill cannot be hid. Read it again. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. I'm going to show you the deepness of that verse right there. You are the light of the world. The light, why? Because what does the light represent? Y'all remember? So Christ said, we are the light of the world. What else did he say? No, no, no. no read on, Isaac. Neither do men no, light. Read the verse again, Isaac. Verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city. A what? A city. A what? A city. Y'all don't know what a city encompasses, do you? You have no idea what you need about us concerning a city. I want y'all to meditate on that term city. You're a city. I went super deep on it. I know some of y'all are getting scared. What does it take to have a city? We all live in New York City right here. What do we got here? 
Who can help me? You. What we got? Um, you have hospitals. You got hospitals. Mm. You have um, schools. You got schools. Mm. You have um, apartment buildings. You got apartment buildings. Mm. Homes. Homes. Mm. You have banks. Banks. Mm. Mm, that's about all I could come Here's up, But that's good. I like that. So when I made that point earlier about that the brothers in the past had more sense than we do today, you just proved it. Okay, because our, our foreparents not so long ago had that idea. I'm just listening, and oil companies was another thing that we had too. That's, he didn't read that, but I, I knew some of that history. Oil companies, could you imagine this? If God was, if the most high wasn't the most high, it, they'll almost mess him up. <laughs> a Negro was a dangerous thing, man. Hey, that's why the mentality I have is this is a revolving door. Some of y'all I don't even get close because I already know y'all already coming in with your foot still out in the world. So the real men is gonna get time to see what they made of. And when the real men last, then we can look around and say, now nah, we got the team we trying to build. Okay? We got the all-star team we trying to build. We got the real deal men here. Cause some of y'all are weak, scared, you love the condition you're in, and you ain't about nothing. So you and those type of brothers will waste your time. Exactly. Isaac, where you at? Matthew 5 and verse 15. Come on. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and giveth light unto all that are in the house. Giveth light to all that are in the house. And let me tell y'all something. Y'all stop can bear witness to this. Asaph, you might know about it. Remember the year 2000 doctrine? Do y'all remember that? That was a very dangerous doctrine. The doctrine came out and they told all the brothers and sisters that Christ was coming back in the year 2000. I was there. He was there. So you had a lot of brothers and sisters in school, college I'm talking about. They said, you don't need to do that no more. So a lot of brothers and sisters dropped out of school. And a lot of brothers had a decent, pretty good job. Some were entrepreneurs. They said, you don't need to do none of that. Come out of that. Christ is coming back year 2000. The year 2000 came and went. Those brothers, those sisters sat back. Now, that's uh, a year, two years later, and think with them to themselves. They talk. You know where I could have been now if I had just stayed where I was at? If I'd have done this and done that, and I was doing this, and now I gotta go back and try to fix everything up. Don't let, that's what I tell y'all. If Christ takes another 20, 30 years, don't let a Negro tell you. Drop out of this. Don't get nothing. Don't become nothing. That's a bum mentality. A bum. A dangerous, diabolical mentality. They gonna, I'm going to do videos on me now. More and more. That's okay. That's all good. I'm going to tell you like our father, Jeremiah said. There you go. I'll Give me that. Give me go. that. Jeremiah 29. I'm going to tell y'all like, like he said, because he knew the deliverance. We was in Babylon for 70 years. Got that Professor X going on there. There you go. Stay, we got to stay in the spirit, bro. <laughs> now, I don't know what verse it is. You know what verse I'm talking about, Isaac? Jeremiah 29 and verse 5. That's the verse. Build ye houses. What? Build ye houses. Come on. And dwell in them. Oh. And plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, 
that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captives. You see what God commanded the Israelites? So here you are in America, and you got a Negro telling you, no, 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 no. Christ is coming tomorrow. You ain't got to do nothing. Why go and try to be progressive? Don't do nothing. You'll be a fool. You listen to them. You'll be a fool. The Most High is going to send his son Christ. We know that, but we don't know when. We don't know when. We don't know. Our praise this generation. But guess what? It might be the next generation with these kids here. But guess what? We got to move until then. Until that day, we got to progress and move. And it, because Israel's going to grow. It's prophesied that Israel, one third of Israel, is coming back to repent. And when they repent, and when they repent, what you got for them? You teachers, what you got for them? You got to prepare them and build them up. Not just the scriptures, the foundation. But now what? You tell them to change the dietary law, their food. Okay? Somebody's going to say, well, I got to keep going to the white man and buying food. Somebody's going to have the intelligent idea, why can't we grow our own food? And here comes a Negro. No, master said no. Shut the hell up. Like they're doing, what's that thing they're doing in, um, they got laws. Esau put laws in Brazil, uh, Bolivia where they outlaw that. But that ain't, we could do that here. There's a lot of things we can do. But we got to have that mentality like Christ had. That mentality like our forefathers had. Now, all that we've read, that does not mean uh, the building part of your houses, getting families, precedes the teaching of God. No. The teaching that we're the Israelites, keeping the commandments and repentance, is first and foremost. Understand that. Because what we read in Jeremiah 29 and verse 5, read what he said in the chapter before that, Jeremiah 28, about the prophets that have been before me and thee. So nobody gets stupid. Jeremiah, dumb. Jeremiah 28 and verse 8. So this is in context of what we read in Jeremiah 29 and 5. Come on. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesieth of peace when the word of the prophet shall come to pass then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. So now, that is in a balance with what we read in Jeremiah 29 and 5. Jeremiah wasn't saying, don't teach uh, about the destruction and all that. We still got to go out and teach. Hit the streets, hit the corners, bring Israel in. They got to learn this. They gotta, and when they come in, they got to be built up. Every man in here is destined to become a leader. Every man. From the youngest to the oldest, destined to be a leader. Because we got people in North Carolina, the Bahamas asking us, do you have brothers to send here and teach us? Do you have brothers to send us here, to come here? Right now, that's what this building up is. And as you brothers build up and learn, guess what? The things we're going over now, you're going to have to go over with them. Okay? Just reading the scriptures is one point. But now comes progression. Matthew 5 again, back where we was at. Nathan, hold your point. Matthew 5, what verse was you at, Isaac? Verse 16. Come on. Matthew 5 and verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. You see that part? That they may see your good works. That goes beyond, beyond just them seeing your fringes, your border of blue, seeing the sisters with dresses and head coverings. That's in it, yes. But it's, you got to see the levels in that. 
You got to see the value. Who can help me with it? Who can help me? Whose mind is open enough to see the levels of what that verse is talking about? Nobody? Bezalel. That light, that light shine is showing them that we are an actual nation. And, in, and being a nation com, is comprised of everything. I mean, fashion, music, uh, our movies, is everything that everybody else is doing, we could do it as well. Exactly. Like, like we read, a city, a city that is set on a hill. That's the mindset we got to see. We're going to be leaders on this earth. Y'all don't realize that thing. Remember we read earlier? Not today, but he said, be thou Lord over five cities. Now the Negro sitting in there, you scared. I'm, I'm over five cities. Well, what you going to do now? <laughs> we can't think that big. We let the white man do white Mr. White man, you be over a city because we don't know what to do. That's that coon mentality. What you got, uh, Aithan? You had something for us? Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and, his, and in his own house. This is Christ complaining about his own people. All right, read the next verse. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. So Christ can hardly do any miracles among his own people because they are rebellious and evil. But read the next verse. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. You know what it takes to make the Son of God marvel at your unbelief? Son of God, Christ saw many wonders. In the heavens, he saw many things. He, uh, Negroes made him marvel. Ne niggas made the Messiah marvel. He's like, These, they can't be this stupid. They, they he, can't he said, I can't believe they so <laughs> they stupid can't be and cheap. So yes, the Son of God marvel. The same thing we're doing now. We said we can't believe y'all so stupid and cheap. To go against the plan that's going to lead you to inheriting the entire planet. That's what he's bringing out. You gotta understand me. Okay? Christ I, seen angels, the Father. He seen the, the heaven. Everything made, he was there to see everything. Then he but saw a nigger. Then he saw niggas and said, damn, I, that's <laughs> more marvelous than I've ever seen. Now, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I got to say something. I got to say something. I'm going to be quick because I'll, 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 I'll make my point later. But I'm going to comment on that, on what you just said. A lot of times y'all hear us and y'all hear us bring out th these things about the so-called Negroes and y'all say to yourselves that, damn, them guys, they really, they really hate. Y'all hear this kind of speech. Y'all don't really understand that the Negro was a product that was made in America. Y'all don't understand that. Y'all really don't understand that. The, 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 the Negro mentality, when I say the Negro mentality, I'm talking about all the tribes. I ain't just talking about the so-called dark-skinned Judite. I'm talking about all the tribes have that Negro stuck, stuck in neutral mind because we were trained to be that thing. That's what, that's what I want y'all to understand. That's what we want y'all to understand. Right. Is that's, that's what Christ is talking about when he says you have to be born again because right now we're stuck in neutral. Some of us going in reverse. <laughs> we're actually going in reverse because we were talking about the brothers back back a few decades ago, a few uh, couple of centuries ago, and the brothers had it going on. Now we're going in the complete reverse. Yep. It is unbelievable. I can see why Christ marveled, because he saw that thing. He saw Christ saw the earth being made, all that, yep. the angels and all that, but when he got to the Negro, he said, wow, what a... 
what the hell is this? Where the hell did this come from? <laughs> what rock did they crawl out from under? Go ahead. Give me a Baruch 336. Christ said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works, right? I'm going to show you something. Baruch 336. We always read this, but I want to see if you understand the depths of what this means. Baruch chapter 3 verse 36. He hath found out all the way of knowledge. He hath found out all the ways of knowledge. Go ahead. And hath given it unto Jacob. And hath given it unto Jacob. Where Jacob? Go ahead. His servant. And to Israel his beloved. I want you to understand it. Christ said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. You, the greatest knowledge. God said, I gave it to the Israelites. Now, all, all we can see out of the Bible is stand on the corner, read the scriptures. Okay, and then what? Now that the people come in, you always got to think, okay, and then what? Okay, I repented, and now what, brother? Uh, I don't know. What are we going to do today, Blaine? I don't know. Read the scriptures, read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. We need some clothes. I don't know. I've given all the knowledge and given it to Jacob. Everything you want is in this book. Everything. The plans to setting up everything is in this book. But we're scared to use the knowledge that's here. We're scared. Believe me, the white man ain't scared to use it. He'd take a few things out and manipulate all kinds of things. We can't, we can't even come in at that level, that low level. Because a Negro's next to you on Facebook putting out, no, don't, know, no. Who had their hands up? Wanted to say was history bears witness that some of the greatest innovators in society were of our people. Right. Uh, cell phones wouldn't exist if it wasn't for a black man. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we can't do it. Right. We have the minds to do it. It's just a matter of getting rid of the fear. Exactly. That's why, that's why I get rough on you officers. When you officers on y'all around the corner come up with excuses, I'll turn my stomach because you right back to that corner, Negro. Ah, well, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I just can't. You ain't ready. You ain't ready. Give me 1 Corinthians 2. We read this last week. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 1. I got to have the faith, Asaph, I got to have the faith that God is going to raise up remnants. I know he's going to purge this group. He's going to pick and choose this group. Who he's going to choose, I don't know. And going to bring the next group in. But the group he does choose, I pray that they have the mindset to be progressive. I don't know when my last day on earth is. It might be tonight. Who knows? But I need to have the faith that brothers will be able to carry this truth on and build and progress. Come on. Where you at? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. See that? Paul, all he wanted to know from y'all is Jesus the Christ, son of God. He wanted to know that you believed. Paul wanted to know that you were about the father's business. Go ahead. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, Come on. but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Read that part again. Read it up for again. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, 
but in demonstration. What's that word? But in demonstration. Again? Demonstration. That is what fears a Negro or Latino. Demonstration is an action word. That's a progressive word. That's a word that means you have to get off your behind and do something. Well, we're reading scriptures. Read the scripture. Okay, you're reading scriptures. What you going to do about it? We got to be men of action and do what this Bible says. More than just read, 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 read. Read all day. Now what we going to do? Come on. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith must stand in the power of God. From there, let's, I'm going to give you some examples of demonstration. Demonstration. Everybody talking about, oh, no, not in the Bible. There's no demonstration in the Bible. Give me Matthew 14 and 15. I'm giving you some examples of demonstration of the power of God. So the first thing you think a Negro thing is spiritual power. But there's low levels of that. Before you get to spiritual power, there's low levels amongst men that we can do. And Christ showed us that here in Matthew 14, 15. Right. You, say it again. Say it. A Negro wants the power because he's lazy as hell. That's why. He don't want to get off his rusty behind and get to work. Exactly. That's what's wrong with him. Come on. Matthew 14 and 15. Listen good. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Vittles means food. Vittles means food. Go ahead. But Jesus said unto them, Listen what Christ said. They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. Do you hear what Christ said? They don't got to leave. You disciples, you followers of mine, it's your job to feed them. Now a Negro gets scared. <laughs> what? What? Come on. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. Come on. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. Y'all got to see the symbolism behind the 12 baskets full. That 12 baskets symbolizes the 12 tribes of Israel. Come on. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. So what I want y'all to see out of that, that history right there, Christ told the men, you feed them. They got nervous about that thing. Just like today, the Lord, same message, you feed the people. And no, we ain't talking about a cheese line where you feed uh, homeless Muslims. We ain't talking about that. Because Christ fed those that believed in him. Christ fed those that came and to serve the Lord. That's what we got to do. Now, give me John 21. Demonstration of the power of God. Let men see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. John 21, 15. John 21 and verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Come on. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, 
Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. That's the second time. Feed my sheep. Go ahead. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Y'all see that? Feed my sheep. Yes, that goes in with the scriptures first and foremost. But guess what? Once you get that understanding and learn it and teach it, there's levels now. There's levels to that thing. That's what I'm trying to show you. Expand your mind. Expand your mental horizons. Okay, from there. Here's an example. Acts 6 and 1. Watch this. Let's see if it's just reading scriptures. Let's see if that's what the disciples was about. For you lazy, shiftless, no good blacks and Latinos. Acts 6 and 1. The book of Acts, chapter 6 and verse 1. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, notice they would multiply, come on. There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. The Israelites that grew up in Greek customs murmured against the Hebrew Israelites, come on. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Hmm. A lot of y'all pondering what that thing is. Let's find out. We coming right back here, Isaac. Yes, sir. Let's get the precept. First Timothy 5 and 9. See, y'all read this Bible with, and don't understand. The disciples, did, the disciples of Christ and their followers did more than just read. That's what I'm showing you now. Go ahead. Even in slavery, the brothers understood that. When we was looking at the clip, they weren't just reading, reading the scriptures, read the scriptures, read the scriptures. They weren't doing that. They were reading the scriptures to get fuel for the mission because they moved something after they read. They were trying to make change after they read. Y'all follow what I'm saying? That was the purpose of why they were doing that reading. That's the reason why the so-called white man got mad. He wasn't mad because they were just reading the white man ain't mad about Negroes being in church. Right. Let's get some understanding. Negroes, there's a hundred churches on every block. Right. Negroes is reading all damn day long. Right. The white man ain't mad at all because ain't none of them doing a damn thing. Right. When you're looking at the brothers on slavery, when they were doing some reading, the white man said, we got problems because these niggas are going to do something. That's right. These, they knew that there was going to be a spirit of born again. Right. And that feared everybody. Now, 1 Timothy 5, watch this. This is going to explain what we just read about the widows being neglected in the daily ministration. 1 Timothy 5, 9 and 10. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 9. Let not a widow be taken into the number under three score years old, having been the wife of one man. Well, reported of for good works, if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have, if she have diligently followed every good work. Jump over to verse 16. Let's, here's the point. Verse 16. If any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them. The word relieve means take care of financially. Take care of them financially. If any man or woman that believeth 
have widows, let them relieve them. Go ahead. And let not the church be charged. Let not the church be charged. Talking about financially, because there was a widow's fund. Go ahead. That it may relieve them that are widows indeed. So Paul was letting Timothy know the only widows that the church is going to take care of is those that don't got nobody. Those that don't have brothers, sisters, or fathers, or any, anything of that nature, or, or, or they ain't got no husband because they're widows. But those that got family members, he says, let the family relieve them. You take care of your own widows in your family that believes financially. Give them food, clothing, shelter. You relieve them. Take care of them. The church will do it if there's no family to look after them. Do y'all see the different levels there? Let's go back to Acts 6 now. I need you men to understand this thing. Read that scripture. Just read. Just read, brother. Come on. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. That's what we just read about. Come on. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So the twelve said, It's not good that we leave the word of God and serve tables, meaning serve them food, whatever their, uh, give me a word, whatever their necessities is. He said, It's not good that we should stop what we're doing. Come on. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. See that? So there was different levels of administration in the body. The 12, the leadership said, no. Why should we have to stop? Because their job was to find out ways to get the word out. The next level of men was to deal with the widows. Those women that need help, y'all men, you seven men, you take care of them. That's what I need y'all to see. It's a progressive spirit. It's building. That's why Christ said, you're like a city set on a hill. From there, Micah 4 and 10. Y'all know this one. There's a priest that um, we just read this about the widows. All right? Concerning money. Elder. It's where Paul got it from, and the disciples and the apostles got it from in Acts 6 and 1. 2 Maccabees 3 and 10. 2 Maccabees. Chapter 3 and verse 10. Then the high priest told him that there was such money laid up. Uh -oh. Such what? Such money. Where the money come from the sky? It came from Israel. The money came from Israel. Go ahead. Laid up for the relief of widows and fatherless children. What do they call that today? The relief of widows and fatherless children. What's that called today? Where Esau got it from? Uh, Zephaniah? Welfare. Welfare. Or um, uh, SSI? You have um, WIC, you have food stamps. That's the relief of fatherless, just for fatherless children. That's what WIC means. WIC means women, infants, and children, because there's no father around. So I call it WIC. That's, That's why I said earlier, the white man took this knowledge of ours and applied it in this system. But you, that direct descendants of this people, is scared to do anything. Right. And the point that, that both these, these men just made, the elder and the deacon, I want y'all to get some understanding. That not too long ago, I looked at a website about black um, uh, philanthropic institutions. And the, main, and the point they was making is that black folk spent 
780-some-odd billion dollars every year. And we don't even, we can't take care of our sick, can't take care of our women, our children, nothing. And we got all this money to spend. You want to know why? Because we're comfortable being consumers, being boys, being lazy. That's the problem. When it comes to moving something, we run to the TV. We run to a video game. You understand? We run to a rap video. But when it comes to doing something, we're not going to win out about that. 780 some odd billion dollars. I had to look at it again. I said, maybe it's million. Nope, it was billion. Micah 4 and 10. Watch this. Micah chapter 4, verse 10. Y'all know this is one of my favorite scriptures. Micah 4 and verse 10. Be in pain and labor to bring forth. Read it again. Be in pain and labor to bring forth. Y'all see that word labor? Labor. That's something that scares us. I got to work to do something? God says be in pain and labor to bring forth. Bring forth what? Not bring forth your own little thing. Bring forth the nation of Israel. It includes a lot of things. Not just reading the scripture. <sighs> Doing something. People can't read. Let's help them learn to read. People need food. Let's feed them. Our people. Okay, they need clothes. Let's get them clothes. Okay. Let <laughs> Somebody going to sit down and say, let's search the scriptures now for that thing. And sit down and teach them Hebrew. Are you kidding me? You could barely speak English. <laughs> read again, Isaac. Michael 4 and verse 10. Right, and at the end of the day, they're going to do nothing. Have raggedy garments look like garbage bags with fringes. The hell is this? Come on. Be in pain and labor to bring forth. Be in pain and labor to bring forth. Yes, brothers and sisters, it's going to hurt. To bring forth a nation, the Bible says be in pain. That means sacrifice. It's going to hurt us. But that's what God commands us to do. Yes, we might have to lose money, lose sleep, lose our time. But the Bible says be in pain. Be in pain and labor to bring forth. See, the churches have been playing with the Bible. You, are, you have met a camp now. We're not going to play with this book. We ain't playing with it. Anybody that's scared, we got two doors right there. Two exits. This ain't for you. Some of y'all still ready. You go back to the Roman Catholic Church. Go right on back to your mama house. Read it again. Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion. That's us, Israel. Come on. Like a woman in travail. Right, like a woman in travail. It's going to hurt us. It's going to pain us like a woman having a baby. Come on. For now shalt thou go forth out of the city, and thou shalt dwell in the field, and thou shalt go even to Babylon. America. America. America is Babylon. America is Babylon the Great. Come on. There shalt thou be delivered. What? There shalt thou be delivered. So the deliverance is coming here. From here. But in the, in the meanwhile, God says be in pain and labor. Be in pain and labor to bring forth. Come on, what you got? I'm going to read out of the history an example of pain and labor. The same book that I read out earlier, as a matter of fact, the same pages went up in the, in the uh, book. What book is this? This is the Before the Mayflower by Lerone Bennett Jr., A History of Black America, right? Yep. So this is, this is about Denmark Vesey. It says, Denmark Vesey and Gabriel, this time about Gabriel Prosser. And Gabriel Prosser. Uh, let me start again. Denmark Vesey and Gabriel Prosser were cast out of the same mold. 
In the year of Gabriel's defeat, Vesey won a lottery and purchased his freedom. From that date until 1822, his date, 1822, he worked as a carpenter in Charleston, South Carolina, accumulating money and property. He was, by his own admission, satisfied with his own condition, yet he risked everything in a bold effort to free other men. Offered a chance to, em to immigrate to Africa, let me read on, don't, don't get hooked up on that. Vesey Buck saying that a witness reported that he did not go to Africa because he had not a will. He wanted to stay and see what he could do for his fellow brethren. So he took his, whatever, pro, whatever wealth and, and what he gathered, he said, this is good for me, but that's not my desire. My desire is to see my people free. That's right. And you know why that's important? Because we get emails. Why don't y'all hook up in Demona, Israel with Ben Ami? Our desire is to get, read that part again. Our desire is what? Read that bottom part. It says that because he had not a will, he wanted to stay and see what he could do for his fellow creatures, meaning his brothers. Right. That's why we stay here. Because the Bible says we're going to be delivered from here. Not Demona, but from here. Now, I admire all that they did in Demona. I admire that. That's, that's a good thing to an extent. But we need to be able to do them things here, where the bulk of our people is. From there, uh, Second Ezra 6 and 7, we're almost done. Second Esdras 6 and verse 7. Then answered I and said, What shall be the parting asunder of the times? Or when shall be the end of the first? That's what everybody wants to know. When is the end of this age coming? Come on. And the beginning of it that followeth. Now here comes the explanation. Come on. And he said unto me, From Abraham unto Isaac, when Jacob and Esau were born of him, Jacob's hand held first the heel of Esau. For Esau is the end of the world. Esau is the end of the world. And Jacob is the beginning of it that followeth. We are the beginning of this new world that's coming upon this earth. We're Jacob. We're the Israelites. We're the beginning of the new world that's going to be set up. That's being set up. From there, 1 Corinthians 7, 31. 1 Corinthians 7 and 31. And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. So although we know Esau is the end of the world, and this time, this age is going to be destroyed, this time, destruction is coming, the Bible prophesies that we are commanded to do what? Read it again. And they that use this world, we are commanded to use this world. Whatever influence you got in this world, use it. Whatever resources you got in this world, use it. Go ahead. As not abusing it. But don't abuse it. Don't get caught up in this world. That's what Paul is saying. Don't get caught up in trap, but use whatever influence or resources you got in this world. Use it. He's going to explain why. Come on. For the fashion of this world passeth away. All that we see in this world is going to pass away. But in the meanwhile, we got to use this world for the building up of our nation, for the building up of our people. Everybody understand that? From there, Acts 4.34. We've read this many times, but I see we got to read it again for a Negro who wants to hinder this truth? Acts 4, 34 and down. Acts 4 and verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. You see when the disciples got together? When all the believing, it tells you that there was thousands. It said neither was there any among them that lacked. We got to get to that level. Because right now you got those among us that lack. 
we got to come to the level where we all able to come together and provide for one another, do for one another, so that there's no man, no woman among us that lacks, just like our forefathers did. Read it again. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man. And distribution was made unto every man. Come on. According as he had need. According as he had need. That's the level we got to get to. I know that scares some of y'all up in here. Because you want to floss. You want to be better than your brother. You want to have the Bentley. You want to have the Rolls Royce in the man mansion. Examine our people in the music industry. Examine our people in the rap world. The actors who have million dollar homes and cars. What are they doing for the upliftment of their people? Damn. Nothing, nothing, nothing. They're contributing to $787 billion a year and that we don't have anything to show for it as a people. Can you imagine if all the Denzels and the, name some of these people because of the Oprahs and come on, come on, come on. Will Smith, for who? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Imagine if they got together and put their resources together, how they could help our people. But their mindset is not like that. Their mindset is a selfish mindset. That's what we got to see. We cannot be like that. Read that again, Isaac. Verse 34. Acts 4, verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. According as he had need. Come on. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus. Watch this. Having land, sold it, and brought the money. What's that word? And brought the money. No money. The Bible don't talk about money. What y'all talking about? You lost me there with that one, brother. You almost had me. Read it again. Having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. And we just read what the apostles did with that money. They provided for everybody. That's what our job is. That's what you officers' job is. You up-and-coming leaders, that's what your job is. Is. Right. The apostles didn't say, no, y'all keep the money, y'all come to my basement. Right. They didn't say that. <laughs> that wouldn't have worked because what he said in his letter, he said he ain't opening his wallet. Right. So y'all would have been broke during his time because he would have been that nigga saying, why are you giving him money? Right. That's that brother that sent that email there, that cheap, low-down brother. Exactly. Exactly. We're almost done. Proverbs 26, 13. Like I said, you can't read the Bible and not be changed because all our forefathers, forefathers, foremothers was about progress with the Bible as our foundation to help change us to, to be what we are meant to be. Proverbs 6, 26 and 13. Proverbs 26 and 13. The slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. Y'all see that? So the slothful man says there's a lion out there. He can't do nothing because of what? Give me a word. Why does he say there's a lion out there? Fear. He's making what? Excuses. That's what black people do. We can't do it. Why can't we do it, brother? Uh, there's a lion out there, and if we try anything, he's going to eat us. 
That's a big exaggerated excuse, but that's the mindset. That's the mentality. So nothing ever gets done. Okay, from there, Proverbs 29 and 18. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. And I want you to listen good to this verse. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Read it again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Read it again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So if you have no vision of the nation of Israel being established, you will perish. If you have no vision to fulfill what we read in Acts chapter 4 and how the disciples got down, you will perish. That's what the Bible says. Our vision must grow to fulfill what this Bible says and exemplifies. That's where our vision stands. I'm not, like I tell you, I'm not satisfied with a dungeon. This is a dungeon. We got to move and progress because we're getting tied up in here. I know you're a little hot. Look at the women fanning. You know what they say, too many black people draw heat. We got to get out of here eventually and get someplace bigger and better. Anyway, and until the missile comes, okay? From there, Matthew 17, 20. We're almost done. Matthew 17, 20. Yeah, we're going to face obstacles. There's always going to be obstacles in our way. Always. Matthew 17 and verse 20. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you. So wait, let me, let me summon, read the verse above it, Isaac, so they can see it. Verse 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could, why could not we cast him out? So they tried to cast out a demon out of a brother. So and they asked Christ, why couldn't we cast that demon out? Come on. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief, come on. For verily I say unto you. Listen good. If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Y'all see that? So you know that's too hard for you. So because you know when you hear that, you think, the mountain, this huge mountain, spiritual power. There's a low level on that thing. There's a lesson to be learned out of that. What was Christ talking about? What was he talking about initially? Aparim. That if you have faith in the Lord, no. there's nothing in you. Uh, above that, above that. Oh, what oh, was oh, the oh, subject? Oh, 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 sorry. What was, what was the question? What no, was no. the subject? Oh, the subject was taking out the, the, the devil, the demons. Right. Right. A brother who has a problem, he got evil spirits on him. Okay? That's the subject. Christ said, if you had faith of a mustard seed, you could say to a mountain, the mountain symbolized the brother with a problem, the brother or sister with a demon on him. He said, you could say to it, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it would happen. What? What is that teal, de- how does that help us today? When we counsel and give them the word of God. Pray and fast. Read the next verse, Isaac. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fast. So what is he saying initially? If there's a problem in your life, if there's a problem, all you got to do, pray and fast. See, a lot of you think when we have these monthly days of prayers and fasting, why are we doing that for? There's a reason behind it all. There's a reason behind it all. I know you had nothing better to do than say let's fast once a month. No, there's a reason behind it. The reason is brothers and sisters come in with problems. We need to be on that level to be able to pray and fast and help them with these evil spirits. That comes with counseling. Yes, that comes with prayer. Okay? We got to be on that level. Okay? From there, go to Matthew 21, 21. He gives it another level. Watch this. 
Matthew chapter 21 and verse 21. Now, start at 20. Verse 20. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Because when you read earlier, Christ saw a fig tree that had no figs on it. He cursed it. When the disciples came back, like the following, later on, the fig tree was withered. Watch this. Come on. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Here's that mountain again. Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. It shall be done. Y'all see that? So he used the example of a mountain again. All he's talking about is issues and problems in your life. That's the low level that we can comprehend. But believe me. So now, we're almost done. We're almost done. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ. Ye are the body of Christ. That body translates to nation of Israel. One third is destined to be saved. Come on. And members in particular. And God has set some in the church. First apostles. Secondarily prophets. Thirdly teachers after that miracles. Then gifts of healings. Helps. Government. What's that word right there? Government. Governments is what I want y'all to see. Remember Christ said you are the light of the world. A city. That is set on a hill. Translate. What's that? Corinthians 12 and 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church. First apostles. Secondarily prophets. Thirdly teachers. After that miracles. Then gifts of healings. Helps. Governments. Diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles, having all the gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues? Do so, all. So what is, he, what is he saying? That there's levels in this body. That's why in Acts six it said, "What did the disciples say to twelve? They said it's not a reason that we should leave table, uh, leave the word of God and serve tables." So that's what we're showing you that there's different levels different administrations in the body of Christ, in the nation of Israel. Was that it, Isaac? Yes, sir. I want to go on to 31. Verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Last scripture, last scripture, last scripture. Ephesians 4, 11. Ephesians 4 and 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. See that? There's different administrations in the nation of Israel for the perfecting of the saints. Go ahead. For the work of the ministry. What's that word? For the work of the ministry. Again? For the work of the ministry. This gospel, brothers, involves work. This gospel involves work. It's not just read a verse and that's it. It involves work. Building up of a nation. The people come in, they're going to need things. We have to be there to provide it for them. We got to come up on that next level. Come on. For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. See that? Come on. Unto a perfect man. Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All right. So with that, are there any questions over tonight's lesson? I know some of y'all might be nervous, but that's all right. You're going to get over it. You can wipe your forehead with tissue because it's vol. And hey, next week we might not see half the brothers here. 
We got to do something. <laughs> I thought we'd just read the scriptures. Judas chapter 5, verse 20. Now therefore, my Lord and governor, if there be any error in this people, meaning any sin, and they sin against their God, mm -hmm. let us consider that this shall be their ruin. This shall be their ruin. Go ahead. And let us go up, and we shall overcome them. That's why the white man keeps sin in the black and Latino community. Because they know God will not fight for us. If they're breaking God's commandments, you got women's rights movements, if you got homosexuals with them, if you got what are some other things? You got crackheads, alcoholics with them, child molesters, pedophiles. Come on. But if there be but, no wait, wait. but you running by the words. But listen to what he says. This but now, go ahead. But if there be no iniquity in their nation, meaning if they have repented unto their God and are keeping his commandments, let my Lord now pass by. You better leave them the hell alone. Go ahead. Lest their Lord defend them, and their God be for them, and we become a reproach before all the world. Ye are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. What else are you? A city that is set on a hill. You are a city that is to be set on a hill so that the people that are still in darkness can see. Like it says that you are the light, you are the light that shineth in a dark place. We are the example that our people are supposed to be able to look at and say, those brothers and sisters, they got it right. Come on. The book of Zephaniah, chapter 2 and verse 1. Gather yourselves together. Gay, gather together, O nation not desired. Let's, let's play with that. Gather yourselves together. So we, as we pointed out, there's a lot of work that's involved in us just simply gathering together. A lot of personal things got to get pushed to the side, and that takes work. Your own desires and temptations, those things got to get pushed to the side. Gather yourselves together. That's verbiage. That's action. There's a lot of work involved in that. Then it says what? Yay. Gather together, old nation not desired. Meaning that the Lord is going to put more emphasis on the need for us to do what we are resistant to do.